This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. podcast hosted by Wakato Environment Centre or Go Eco. We are a voice for the tile, environment, a centre for ako, learning and a catalyst for change. Hipuna Kōrero shares the aspirations and mahi of our team and community as we work towards a vision of healthy environments and thriving communities. Nō tērā wiki last week and it was joined by Tipa Mahuta, co-chair of the Wakato River Authority and elected representative at Wakato Regional Council to reflect on progress made in understanding and honouring of he whakaputanga o te rangateratanga o Nūtirini, the Declaration of Independence, which was signed by the United Tribes of Aotearoa in 1835. We were then joined by Simon, our Transport and Energy Lead, to introduce us to the Emissions Reduction Plan. More about that soon. You can whakarongo listen to that podcast from freefm.org.nz or from your favourite podcast platform. Search for Hipuna Kōrero. You'll also find our podcast in a tab at the top of our Facebook page if you search for Go Eco Wakato. Te Pū Manawa o Te Wāheke, the Climate Action Hub, is a one-stop shop for anything climate. The project draws people together to plan, build and unify for collective change while creating a space where people can share their stories, ideas and knowledge to create a safe climate future. Aotearoa Wiki, Hannah Hagen, GoEco's Community Organiser for Climate Action, is joining us for an update on the Climate Action Hub, which launched in October, and reflections on COP26, or the Conference of Parties, so far. Kia ora ehoa. Kia ora, Kelly. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. Thank you for joining us again. Uh, it was probably early in October uh, we caught up with you to hear about uh, the Climate Action Hub and your aspirations for the project. Since then, uh, you've held the launch event, which went really well. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, for sure. So the first um, event we held at the Climate Action Hub was on Friday the 29th of October, and we held three Instagram Lives with um, four phenomenal activists in Alatira. Um, they were Umi Asaka, uh, Benjamin Doyle, uh, Molly and, and Molly and Ailey Hug and my two sisters. So, yeah, we talked about all sorts of things like... Um, disability and the intersection of climate crisis, um, takatapui tanga, the rainbow community, and tino rangatira tanga, um, and mental health and well-being, and how all of that um, relates to the climate crisis. Can you tell us how disability uh, or um, the needs of our um, rainbow community and mental health, how do they tie into climate action? Why, why do we talk about this? <laughs> well, with disability in the climate crisis, people with disabilities face um, up higher levels of vulnerability to climate change because of social, economic and institutional barriers. So they're often overlooked or excluded within emergency planning, which leads to higher mortality rates and um, during the, an event of a disaster. And as we know, cl- climate crisis will cause more intense, more severe, more frequent disasters. So people with disabilities aren't um, included or considered within that planning, then they're going to face uh, high levels of vulnerability and are more likely to suffer um, further injury or 
or even death. So, and then with um, takatapui tanga, or takatapui tanga is, um, I mean, it means a lot of things, but one of the definitions is those who identify as both Māori and queer. And um, well, they kind of relate because as same way people with disabilities face higher levels of vulnerability due to marginalisation within society, um, structural violence also impacts the LGBTQ plus community when they face the climate crisis. So um, people with that, living without shelter, for example, are twice as likely to be LGBTQ plus. Um, that's compared to the general population. And of course, the risks related to climate change are more significant for those who are marginally housed. Um, as they're more likely to be exposed to extreme climatic events, food insecurity, and compromised health, things that we know will be exacerbated by the climate crisis. And then mental health and well-being. Of course, I mean, um, climate anxiety is a huge thing within our youth population. Around 65% of young people feel very worried or extremely worried about the climate crisis. And that's often tied into an action on climate change. Climate anxiety is very rational response to the threat that we face today um, which is climate change so um, it's also about taking care of yourself if you're an activist and um, yeah it ties in in so many ways and I know this might be putting you on on the spot a little but were there particular take homes for want of a better word uh, from the speakers um, that are still sitting with you today and that you would like to uh, I guess delve a little bit further or deep dive into those issues yeah, there's certainly a few takeaways. Um, the videos are still available on our Instagram if um, people want to go have a look. But um, with Umi Osaka, I know she's a good friend of mine who I met, and she's a disability advocate. And um, one of the great, the great things about her is that she's so open and willing to ask for help. It's, um, but she talks about how she often feels that responsibility as someone with a disability um, to people always to be helping her, but um, to create mutually supportive networks, she also wants to offer her help. Or just um, within the climate crisis, we need everyone if we're going to respond. We need to build communities. We need to integrate everyone so that they are accounted for and cared for. And um, so we need to be mutually asking each other for help. So rather than just assuming that we can help them but they can't help us as well mm. so that was a key takeaway that I've been thinking about a lot of um, asking being willing to ask for help um, and then also receive help um, with Benjamin um, the, that conversation was, was about um, takatapui tanga and tirorangatira tira tanga was um, well, really really special to me and um, my heart because I identify as takatapui as well and just talking about that um, connection through whakapapa, um, the importance of tinoranga tiratanga um, and colonisation and how that relates to the climate crisis and how um, pertinent it is for people today and for, for the queer community. Um, so that stuck with me. And then, of course, with Alien um, Molly, my two sisters, we talk about this all the time. So um, I think we talked about the things we always do at the dinner table. So not many take oh well, lots of takeaways but um yeah you, you had heard in some way or form uh, over yeah. time. hey um i just want to come back just a moment now when people say why um why do you talk about colonization so much uh in the context of climate again uh, how do you explain that it's something i struggle to articulate myself I'm, and i'm wondering how you uh view and share that when when asked 
Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's very complicated and um, <laughs> hard to hard to sum up, of course. But um, I mean, the, and of course, there are several ways to look at it. Uh, yeah, it's very yeah very complicated. But I would say that we know that the climate crisis is caused by um, a capitalist mode of production or a capitalist economic model, neoliberalism, and that was um, coterminous with um, colonization. So the expansion of the European Empire was uh, introduced um, that form of economic model to New Zealand um, to an indigenous people that uh, where all those ideas were foreign. So the and really the colonies were viewed as a source of resources to be exploited to improve the power of um, the British Empire at the time. And it's, this is in comparison to an indigenous population that have such strong connections with the environment that genuinely feel obligated and dependent on the world around them. They have that foundational understanding that we belong to the environment, the environment doesn't belong to us. And that's deeply contrasting to the ideologies that are currently implemented, that were implemented through the process of colonization, um, such as the resources are to be exploited, like that we feel separate to the environment, that sort of, um, and then of course the neoliberal economic model that relies on sustained economic growth through the resources of, um, through the exploitation of natural resources. Mm. Um, and that's my hot take. <laughs> yeah, so the, so the systems that, uh, the economic systems um, that came over on a ship um, mm-hmm. weren't the ones that existed in Aotearoa before that. Um, mm-hmm. And it, uh, and those systems happen to be uh, exploiting people and planet as well. Um, I think it's hard to separate the, the, mm-hmm. the two there as well. Yeah, uh, incredibly important. Do you know um, of some really good links, websites or readings people can go to to find out more about that? Because this really is at the centre of a lot of the work that we do at GoEco. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, in terms of... Um colonization there's professor margaret mutu um but she has written a lot of articles um any there's lots of lectures by moana jackson mm. as well it's it's really about um there there are so many resources that it can be easily um researched and you could also check out maybe the conversation we had with Benjamin because we kind of delved into the ideas a bit more as well so the Climate Action Hub will be putting up resources. Um, in regards to disability there's this really great article um, called that's really about foundational my understanding and linking together those two things disability and climate change and it's called um, disability climate change and environmental violence the politics of invisibility and the horizon of hope by Julia Watts Elsa and I think that's a really great place to start um, for those that particular issue. So these are resources that you're sharing with the Climate Action Hub because part of the Climate Action Hub is sharing the resources that we need to be in, informed. Mm-hmm, that's right and the yeah we kind of talk about in posts and stuff how these late so um and the lead up to our event as well mm. and so as you mentioned uh the corridor from the launch event uh on instagram for people who are interested in in hearing more from uh those 
really epic speakers uh, that you invited to participate. We'll talk about what's happening at the end of this month because the Climate Action Hub event is uh, held on the last Friday of each month. I just want to find out how you're feeling about COP26 at the moment. I mean, there's so much going on in the world and this is just another thing. But uh, what are your reflections so far? Because I do know you're involved in a panel on uh, youth engagement uh, last week. Um, well, I guess I kind of have, I view COPs like there, there were two different COPs. There was the COP of the world leaders, which was in which they were trying to maintain a normative system based on fossil fuels and how they can continue to use fossil fuels, but create loopholes and just change frameworks so that their goals remain the same. And, um, but they perceive to be, uh, yeah, I mean, of course, like, Lots of lots of talk, no action, and um, deeply disappointing. Greenwash on an international stage, yeah. perhaps. <laughs> yes, that's right. Like uh, Boris Johnson saying, "There's nothing more we could do as a host country. I mean, we could phase out fossil fuels. That's a good place to start <laughs> with the climate crisis." But um, and then, of course, there is the other side where um, we had our indigenous delegates get together. We had the Global Day of Action. So. It really actually made me feel inspired to see um, people joining together to call for climate justice, not just climate action, but climate justice. And um, it just demonstrates how much change is going to come from mobilizing people from ground up. It's not going to come from our world leaders and we can no longer rely on them, but it's about all of us um, joining together to create um, the world that we want to see. So we were supposed to be putting a plan forward at COP26 and we arrived with nothing. Um, where do you feel Aotearoa is currently sitting uh, in terms of our response to the climate crisis? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, same thing, lots of talk, no action. Our NDCs or nationally determined contributions are inadequate and um, the I feel like the decision that was made before we left that we were going to reduce our emissions by... Um, 50% by 2030, if you actually look at the numbers, it's something like we're only going to actually reduce our emissions by 38% and then rely on um, offsetting and relying on market-based mechanisms such as the um, emissions trading scheme or carbon offsetting is once again maintaining that economic model that leads to the climate crisis in the first place, the fact that we rely on resource-intensive um, production systems, we rely on fossil fuels as a means of economic wealth, and the government prioritizes the market based economy. So, um, no, New Zealand has a long way to go, and um, we need to see action all across the world. Mm. Let's talk about Climate Action Hub again. Uh, what is happening for November, or where did you? Because f- where did you feel you next needed to go f- in terms of responding to what the community are telling you at the moment? Mm-hmm. Um, I th- definitely there was that from the events, that strong um, need for people to be able to share their stories, to hear from others, to... Um, and I think that sharing stories is so important in the climate crisis and reminding that we're all valuable climate crisis what no matter like your skills your knowledge your ideas your expertise you'll bring something to the table that is valuable to the climate justice movement so i think it's really promoting that for the community getting those ideas out there and um, continuing to let people uh, hold space so people can be heard share their voices 
um, collaborate with others, work together, um, show solidarity with one another. Yeah. Mm, mm. So what what is it? What is in plan for November twenty fifth? Uh, yeah, I think it, I think. Uh, gosh, I think it is the twenty sixth. The twenty sixth of November. There will be an event, but I will leave that to an announcement on GoCo's Facebook and Climate Action Hub next Monday until we. I'll leave it as I'll leave you guys in suspense um, <laughs> until we finish covering COP. Oh, awesome! So, um, I just sorry, just touching, and, and I should have gone to this before. Just touching on the panel um, that you were on with Shalini and Hannah uh, on Saturday. Um, do you see any space for what perhaps we could do to improve youth participation? Um, I guess politically um, at the moment. Mm-hmm. I think it's about genuine empowerment and engagement and the valuing of young people. Uh, where um, I often say that because young people are coming to the world for the first time, they have that opportunity to critique and analyse. So, because uh, you know they have no context uh, for what the way things used to be or how things usually are. It's like, oh no, why why do we have this? climate crisis why we're using our young eyes to see the injustice of the climate crisis and therefore able to use our creativity to think of uh, a future that we actually uh, a present that we actually want to see for ourselves um so i think it's about genuinely valuing people moving beyond tokenism to genuinely see young people as um, valuable agents of change mm. and if not get out of the way I think is <laughs> the resounding yeah. thing that uh, that comes to mind there if you're not mm-hmm. going to do it get out of the way um, yeah. thank you Hannah so people can go to uh, Climate Action Hub uh, to watch the Instagram I was about to say Instagram lives but the, uh, the corridor from last month and, and to find out what's happening uh, at the end of November um, before we go, can you introduce the song uh, request you have for for us today? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I've chosen Hounds of Hell by the Phoenix Foundation featuring um, Nadia Reid. Um, I thought it'd be very apt. It's a song about climate change, um, but more specifically, um, finding love during um, the climate crisis. Nice. Nice one. Yeah. Kia ora, Hannah. Thank you so much for joining us today and for your mahi in this project. It's uh, just incredible to watch it all unfold so quickly. Uh, really cool. Thank you um, yeah, for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Kia ora.
That's the Hands of Hell from the Phoenix Foundation featuring Nadia Reid and a song request from Hannah Huggin, our guest who is the climate organiser for Go Eco to talk about the Climate Action Hub and reflections on COP26 so far. Uh, the Climate Action Hub is on Instagram uh, and Next week, we'll let you know what's happening uh, at the end of this month. The Climate Action Hub meets virtually or in person on the last Friday of every month. What's happening at GoEco? I thought I'd give you a bit of an update. Uh, there's always a lot going on with our team. Our team work across Kai, biodiversity, transport and economies or enterprise. Our largest climate action project is food rescue. So let's start with our Kai team. Last month we rescued over 33,000 kilos of edible food and distributed that to crisis services, free stores, marae and charities across our region. Uh, And while our workshops and events for food growing are currently on hold under COVID level 3 point whatever we are restrictions, uh, our Kai team are still busy in the garden preparing us for when we reopen. We have two gardens. We have the Heritage Seed Garden, which is at Kukutarahi uh, Gully uh, in Fairfield, and also our Car Park Garden. Uh, More about that uh, will pop up on our Facebook page very shortly, including hopefully very soon a launch for the Seed Share, which we'll tell you about in a future episode. Uh, Moving on to biodiversity, our largest pieces of work are in extending community predator control. That's the control of rats, stoats and possums to protect our native Taonga species. Um, And we had some 
pretty uh, awesome news on Saturday with the successful launch of Predator Free in Morrinsville's community. Uh, a great turnout of people coming in to help build the tunnel boxes that the traps go in and to learn more about predator control and how important that is for our birds and bats. Now, if you want to get a start on uh, trapping in your backyard to protect the birds who live in your neighbourhood, um, you can get a tunnel trap from the GoEco shop. We're open 10 till 2 uh, weekdays during level 3. Uh, you can also purchase a trap through our website, shop.goeco.org.nz. Now, our shop, if you don't know, is on the corner of Commerce and Kent Street in the fantastic, quirky, you'll like it, Frankton. Uh, we also support the Kitty Kitty Restoration Forum. Uh, and if you head to our social media, we'll give you updates about when those uh, regular working bees are back up and running so you can get out and uh, help out with releasing of weeds and for uh, planting uh, in the weather and seasons that suit. Uh, the Eco Shop, back to the Eco Shop, has cool and useful products for people and the planet. Uh, everything is carefully sourced to help you live more sustainably every day. We do the hard work so that you can spend more time gardening, reading or enjoying nature. We also have a growing selection of local art, zines and badges and today on Māori books to browse. Every purchase from the shop supports Go Eco to be a voice for the environment, a centre for learning, a catalyst for change and this podcast. Uh, moving on to our transport team. The Bike Hub will reopen very shortly. We'll let you know about that on social media. Again, that's Go Eco Wakato. Uh, but I need to give you a bit of a heads up about some dual action we're taking for safe and healthy journeys to school. We have an action station petition and a submission on the government's emissions reduction plan in the uh, happening at the moment. Uh, it's a dual action approach because uh, having safe and healthy journeys is a bit of a long game. So we're we're tackling the government on all fronts in that respect. I'm going to read a little bit from the petition before we go. So we're calling for the government to commit to safe walking, biking, scooting and free buses for all students in Aotearoa. As the government prepares its response to climate change, we want our tamariki to be at the heart of that. Uh, and while we approve of the general direction of the emissions reduction plan, we need to be more ambitious with clear targets and commitments. We're calling for free public transport for all school students from 2023 onwards, access to dedicated school buses for all schools that need them, commitment to providing safe walking, cycling and scooting routes to and from school, and funding for school travel coordinators. Please head to our social media to get the links for that um, submission template and for our petition. show hosted by Go Eco Wakato. Today you heard Hannah talk about the Climate Action Hub. Uh, Go Eco Wakato Environment Centre are a not-for-profit environment hub with biodiversity, kai, transport and enterprise projects. You can find us in Frankton. Join us again next week for a new episode, but make sure you follow or subscribe to Hipuna Kōrero on your favourite podcast so you don't miss an episode. Kia pai tora e ma. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.